The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome, everyone. We're back here again at the Real Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Ron Hunting-Hockey here at the Reardon Clinic. And today we have the distinct pleasure of uh, interviewing uh, a Mr. Fred Evrard. Did I pronounce it right, Fred? Perfect. I have French accent. Okay. Uh, Fred has done what many of our patients want to do. We, we're seeing more and more cancer patients these days. And uh, Fred uh, was diagnosed with cancer here a while back, and he did uh, use some conventional therapy, but he, he made a very strong push on natural therapies. And he wrote a book about his experience. The book is called How My Immune System Beat Cancer. And so, Fred, thank you so very much for coming on our show. Hi, Dr. Ron. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, I know our audience, they're, they're going to be very curious not only about what you did, but uh, also the, the fact that you, you, you did do a, an integrated approach. You, you evidently, you had a type of, why don't you tell us what type of cancer did you have and how did you, how did you find out about this and what were some of the initial things that you did? Well, we have a we have a, a, a colon cancer history in my family on my father's side of the family, and pretty much all men on that side died of colon cancer. Wow! So I knew there was a history, there was a terrain here, but um, uh, I'm a martial artist. It's my it's my profession. Uh, I've been practicing martial arts for 45 years. Had a quite a, a healthy lifestyle. Uh, probably not perfect, but uh, been eating organic food for for the past. I don't know, 30, 35 years, uh, always tried to, to eat as healthy as possible. I never drank alcohol in my life, never smoked, never had soda, never had coffee. So I, I had a pretty much healthy martial artist lifestyle, we could say. So I really was, I, I thought, I thought, and that maybe that was a little uh, too naive, but I thought that my lifestyle would protect me from the the, the family disease. You know, and this and is something. Uh, this is something that we get all the time. Is doctors or my patients will say, "Doctor, I was healthy and I got cancer. It's just not fair." But usually, <laughs> there's something else that's going on that set you up for it. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you're 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 telling the story that I hear a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, and and that's where I, I try to make the difference. I. I always say I was trying to be as healthy as possible with the knowledge that I had at the time, uh, which now with everything that I've learned uh, was not perfect, of course, who can be, 
And there was also a lot of other factors. And we, we both know that cancer is multifactorial. Right. And I also thought in my, in my healing process that healing would by necessity be multifactorial. Good point. And uh, so, yes, I had a, I had a Terran. I had a, a genetic predisposition to colon cancer. And it started with some blood in my stool. Uh, I first thought it was an uh, hemorrhoid or something like that. So I went back in France. I live in South Carolina. I went back to France to be tested. And that's where they told me it's a stage three, borderline stage four colon cancer. And it's because of the size of the tumor. The tumor was 10 centimeters, very close to the, to the anus and the sphincter muscles. So because of all those, plus my family history, they told me it's urgent. Yes. I mean, you're, you're in danger. You, we have to start chemo and radiation and surgery right away. So the, 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 the protocol that they gave me was one to two rounds of chemo, so 12 to 24 sessions, uh, then radiation, and only then a surgery that was very risky. So, of course, that, that didn't you know, make me feel very safe and very good. No. So that, that's where I start thinking and start searching and, and try to look for something else. Yeah. So you, you were uh, back, you were basically pushed against the wall. You know, you really didn't have much choice. And so you did, uh, you did go into a conventional uh, cancer treatment program. Isn't that right? Uh, not right away. So uh, what happened is uh, quick going back to, to, to the origin of the story. I, I thought I was as healthy as possible, but I didn't put into consideration, I didn't take into consideration stress, fatigue. Uh, I have an international business of martial arts schools around the world, and I was on the plane six months out of the year, and I was in South Carolina, then okay. I was in Paris, then I was in Singapore, then I was in Japan, then I was in Europe, then back to the US. I mean, I was traveling all the time, and I think my organism was just exhausted. That was also a big part of it, not the only part, but I think that was part of it. Well, the pandemic was going on kind of during that time as well, or at least the early stages of it. Absolutely. So it was, I was diagnosed in September, 2020. Uh, and of course the pandemic really hurt my international business. Uh, all my martial arts studios closed around the world. So I had very, if not zero finance, uh, it was very stressful. Yeah. Plus I was at the, uh, at the end of a very long and very stressful uh, green card process to move from Singapore to the US. So all that really was uh, probably a lot for my body. And, and as much as the terrain, the genetic was there, I think the stress and the fatigue was the, was the trigger. So we could kind of think of this as a scale. And even though you were doing many good things for your body, stress, you were, you were eating well, you were, you were in top physical condition, it's almost as though the stress load tipped the scale uh, farther than what your body could accommodate. Absolutely. That's exactly the way I see it. Yes. Okay. So what happened then? So I'm in France and they tell me the, the, the diagnosis and then they offer me this treatment and they tell me you have to start right away. And my answer was no. I mean, my wife is in the US, my, my life is in the US, I'm going back home. And the oncologist looked at me like if I was crazy and said, no, you got to start, like we're going to put you a, a, a plug and you're starting tomorrow. And I say, no, it's not possible. Give me, give me a few weeks and I'm going back home. 
So I went back to the US. Of course, I had to redo all the tests again, you know, the PET scan, the MRI, the blood test, uh, the, the uh, uh, colonoscopy. And the diagnosis in the US is exactly the same. The pronosis is exactly the same. And the protocol is exactly the same. And then I look at my US oncologist and I tell him, no, I'm not, I mean, I'm not satisfied with the, with the odds. So that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with a 21-day fast. So I've been into fasting for quite a while. I do intermittent fasting and, and I, I, I did few prolonged fasting in my life. So, and I've read the research of uh, Professor Valto Longo in California yes. uh, uh, on fasting and, and the benefits of fasting for, for, for cancer patients, whether they do or do not use chemo. So I, w- I wanted to try that first. And that's what I did. Fred, I started I, a 21 day water fast. Uh, can I just make a good point for our, our listeners is the other thing is that when people get diagnosed with cancer, especially an advanced cancer like you had, they're, 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 like, they're like the deer in the headlights. There's, it's such a huge, huge shock to people's immune systems and to their nervous system. And it puts them in a really bad kind of hyper-sympathetic, you know, fight-or-flight mode, which is not a very good mode to heal in, A. And then B, because it causes a lot of inflammation, B, I think uh, people have not come to grips with with the fact that they've been diagnosed with a life-threatening disease. And so consequently, they go into the therapy in a, in a kind of fog, and mm. they're not present to what the therapy's doing and what else they may need to do to compensate for the, the negative effects of the therapy. These therapies are very toxic. And so I think this is a very important point of what you're making. You did this fast as a way for you to kind of step back and kind of take a look at what, what the situation was and look at your uh, at what resources you had in terms of meeting the challenge of this disease. So that sounds like that was a the, that fast. And plus all the benefits of the fasting. There's tremendous amounts of, there's something called apoptosis. When you fast, you your body will kind of clean out uh, the toxins. It'll kind of, uh, the dead cells or the cells that are dying, it'll take those out. So, so I think this was a very good step that you made. Yeah. And like you said, the, the first, so it, it depends the person, the first few days for me, some people is the first few weeks or months, uh, but you, you freeze. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't eat. I didn't fast at the beginning because I wanted to, but I couldn't eat. I was so, <laughs> I was so upset. And, yes. I, and I really felt that there was nobody at home. There was nobody there. And when I was facing the oncologist, I felt like a puppet. Mm. Not that he was trying to manipulate me or anything, but it's not what I'm saying. But that's that's how I was feeling. That if the guy tell me turn left, I would turn left. If the guy tell me turn right, I would turn right. If he tells me to jump, I would jump. I mean, you're in the fog. You, you, your brain is is frozen, basically. You feel it's helpless. Mental, you feel helpless, and so yeah. yeah, that's not a good state. Absolutely. So for me, that lasted three days. For three days, I was like, I was miserable. I couldn't do anything. Uh, and after three days, I slapped myself in the face and kicked myself in the butt. And I told myself, look, this exactly what you said, the, this fight or flight situation, that's what you've been training your entire life, doing martial arts for 45 yeah. years. I'm 50 now. I started when I was five because I, I, I was born in a martial arts family. And uh, I should have been ready for that. That's, that's, what I, that's what I told myself. And after three days, I, I woke up, I get out of this fog. And told myself three things. 
Number one, this cancer is not going to kill me. I never used the word my cancer. It was always this cancer. Yes. Number two, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And number mm. three, may food be type medicine. And I, I lived by that for, well, ever since, basically. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I, I tell patients, you know, a lot of them talk about my cancer. And I say, no, this is a, this is an illness. Uh, and certainly, but you're, you're making the cancer bigger than you are. And when, and that's going to perpetuate your sense of helplessness. You've got to get bigger than the cancer and start making decisions. that's going to help you find a way to overcome the illness. And it sounds like this is, this is, this is how you kind of had to psych yourself down and get calm and, and, and get grounded in order to develop a, a plan that would fit how you feel about the whole situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's exactly the way I felt. And uh, during, during the fast, of course, 21 day on, on water. And I had one little shot of wheatgrass uh, uh, juice uh, once a week. So it uh, was basically almost hundred percent water. Yeah. And, um, and during that time I was, I was, of course, exhausted. Uh, I started losing weight. I didn't lose that much weight during the, during the fast, but still a little bit. And, uh, and I started reading. I started reading all the scientific literature that I could find. And I was on the uh, NCBY and I was on Nature and I was on PubMed. Uh, uh, I mean, night and day, yes. reading all the literature, scientific, on, on uh, scientific literature on fasting and, and what diet w- uh, could be best for, for helping me. And I jumped right after my fast on a strict, very strict ketogenic diet. So yeah. that was the beginning of my research and my mental process. Yeah, and we're uh, we have here at the Reardon Clinic. We've all taken the metabolic approach to cancer under Nasha Winters, and she is again a big advocate of ketogenic because basically you start to starve the cancer instead of you being the victim. Now you're 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 turning the table on the cancer, and you're beginning to starve it because cancers thrive on sugar. And so going on this the fast, and then going on the ketogenic diet, you are depriving the cancer cells of sugar. Absolutely. And uh, Dr. Nasha's research are, are some of the top research that I, that I came through and that I used to, to cure myself, along with uh, Professor Thomas Siegfried's research. Mm-hmm. And I really approached cancer as a metabolic disease, something that was in my hand and not something that happens just by accident or, or bad luck. And that was really my state of mind when I was, when I was trying to cure and to heal myself. Fabulous. So what was the next step then? So that's, uh, I started the fast early October and uh, I fasted for 21 days. After that, I jumped into a very strict, 100% organic ketogenic diet. Uh, Of course, I researched all the potentially anti-cancer food that I could include in my diet and that's all I ate. So uh, that sounds weird for some people, but I basically uh, eat nothing but red meat organic, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished red meat, tons of vegetable juice. I was juicing because the fibers were uh, hurting me because of my colon inflammation. Yes. And, uh, and a lot of good fats, you know, olive oil, avocado, coconut oil, uh, grass-fed, grass-finished ghee, stuff like that. And that's all I ate. I had zero, zero cheat days, zero pulling out of the wagon for four months. Uh, in addition to that, I was talking about multifactorial and, and multifactorial healing. 
in addition to that, I did a lot of uh, uh, cryotherapy. I was going in the cold, freezing cold water at least three, four times a week. Uh, I did some uh, rebounding on a mini trampoline to boost my, uh, my uh, oh, I'm losing the word in English. The, Not the immune system, the elimination of toxins. The lymphatic system. The lymphatic, thank you. Lymphatic system. So my goal, and that's why I have the title of the book, How My Immune System Beat Cancer, my goal was to reinforce my immune system and my lymphatic system from every possible angle, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I was doing deep breathing, positive thinking, meditation, Tai Chi, everything that I could to, to really beat that, that cancer and reduce that tumor. There's a lot more to this conversation, and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Live On Labs, makers of liposomal vitamins and supplements. Live On uses a liposomal encapsulation technology to protect nutrients from destruction in the digestive system. This allows for more efficient delivery of essential vitamins and nutrients. Choose from various supplements that support health and well-being, such as lipospheric vitamin C, magnesium, glutathione, and more. To learn more, visit liveonlabs, that's L-I-V-O-N-Labs.com. Well, and keep in mind for the listening audience, you know, our uh, immune system is what protects us from cancer normally. All the people who don't have cancer, why don't they have it? Well, it's because we have an immune surveillance system. But all the various things that uh, Fred is talking about, like environmental toxins, stress, poor diet, lack of sleep, uh, there's a long list of metabolic factors that weaken the immune system. So basically what you were doing was doing everything you could to strengthen your immune response. Absolutely. Absolutely. So back to October, at the end of my 21-day fast, the tumor shrunk about 50%. It went from 10 centimeters to 5.5. This is before any chemotherapy. I didn't do anything. Didn't Amazing. even take a, a painkiller. Yes. Nothing. Yep. So 50% reduction in the tumor after a 21-day fast. I was very excited with the results. And it was really, it was pushing me even more, helping me to, to really believe in what I was doing even more. Yeah. Because when I tell the story here, you know, it, it, it sounds very, it sounds very positive and very warrior-like and I'm going up all the time, but that's not the case. I mean, my state of mind and my emotions were a, a roller coaster. I mean, one day I was, okay, I'm going to do this naturally. And the next day, no, I'm going to do chemo. If not, I'm going to die. And the next day, no, I don't want to do chemo. And the day after, yeah, I'm going to do chemo. So it, it's really, it's, it's crazy what, what's going on in your head when you have a life-threatening disease. And that was the case for me. So yeah. Really, I was going up, but like this. Yeah. I think a lot of our patients who are who are dealing with cancer would uh, definitely identify with that state of mind. It's 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 a very very turbulent time in a person's life, and so so anyway, uh, I think I remember from your book that, that that even though the tumor did shrink, you were still having quite a bit of pain and okay. and issues. Yeah, yeah. So the tumor they, they discovered that after doing a, doing a, doing an MRI, the the tumor was on a nerve. So the pain was excruciating. It was horrible. Mm. And even when the, the tumor was shrinking, the pain didn't go away. And I didn't know what to do. So now we're in November and I'm better. But 
in my head because of the result that I saw after the fast. Yeah. But my body is telling me something else. Yeah. The cancer is thing, eating me from inside. I went from 70 kilos to 49 kilos. So mm. now I'm nothing but bones and skin. There's no more muscle. There's no energy. There's nothing, nothing left. And, uh, and the pain. I was, I was in tears night and day. Yeah. Uh, at some point, when people ask me how much pain I was in, I tell them, if zero, you don't have any pain, and 10, you kill yourself because you can't take it anymore. I was at 9.9, 24-7. Wow. So I, it, was, it was absolutely horrible. Even when I talk about it today, I'm still emotional because it's, it's like engraved in, 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 my, in my body. But um, So I went back to see my oncologist. He was nice enough to follow me, even though I was not doing anything he was telling me to do. But he kept doing blood work every two months, MRI every three to four months. So he was, he was a nice guy. He really followed me and, and, and helped me through that. Which highlights the idea that, you know, with, with integrative oncology, we, we encourage our patients to develop a strong relationship with our oncologist and help them understand that, you know, we're not trying to sidestep them we're trying to promote the innate healing processes of the body. But in your situation and in so many cancer patients' situation, we need the oncologist. So this is the importance of the integrative approach. Yeah, absolutely. So I went back to him and I let him know about my pain. And he told me, look, I know what you're doing. I know, I know what you're trying to do, but I can only encourage you to do chemo. I know what you want, but I can almost guarantee you that after five, six sessions of chemo, we will have a good, uh, a good uh, control of the pain. So I accepted the deal of six sessions of chemotherapy. Uh, of course, being a follower of uh, Walter Zvongo's research, uh, I fasted before the first chemo. Right. So I fasted the day before, the day during. Then there were three days at home with a portable chemo. One day at, no, one day at the hospital and two days at home, three days altogether. So I fasted the day before, the three days of chemo, and the day after. So five days of fasting, uh, wrapping around the, the, the chemotherapy session. And her session was great. I mean, I didn't have any side effects. I was not tired, or at least not more than before. Uh, I wasn't sick. I didn't throw up. I was not constipated. All of the symptoms they told me I would have, I didn't lose one single hair. Uh, I didn't have them. Then comes the next session, my second session, a few weeks later. And I thought to myself, I like to, I like to experiment on myself and, and know what's going on inside the human body. So I told myself, is it the fast or is it that kind of chemo or is it my immune system that is maybe stronger than most people because of the martial arts? Let's try not to fast and see what happens. So I didn't fast during, uh, before, during and after the second session of chemo. Dr. Ron. I was sick like a dog. Oh, man. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I was on the floor in pain. I was throwing up every two minutes. It was horrible. Then finally, I get a little better. The third session comes, and I'm going to fast. Now you're going to fast again. You I yes. did fast. Yeah. So I fasted, and again, zero side effect. Wow. Nothing. Now, there, that's a controlled experiment. An oh, yeah. N of one, you're the, you're the only participant in that case, but, but there's a lot of other research that verifies your experience. Yeah, that was my experience. And it was really, it was night and day between fasting or not fasting during chemo. And at the end of the third session, I didn't have any pain anymore. I still felt a little inflammation, but 
it was not horrible like it was. And I, I felt I felt that I could live my life again, finally. So I went back to my doctor and I canceled the session number four, five, and six. And at first, they didn't want to take the plug out of my out of my body because yeah. they, said, they told me, you'll be back next week, I promise you. And I didn't because the pain didn't come back. And uh, they finally took the plug off and, and that was it. That was my three sessions of chemo and I felt much better. But you were, during this time, you were using all the other uh, modalities of in integrative type care that uh, would help you. Uh, and you might just talk a little bit for our audience uh, in a little bit more depth about you did you did the fasting, but you were also doing other things. What were those? Absolutely. So I was doing fasting after my 21 day fast. I was doing long uh, 24 hours, 36 hour fasting every week. Mm -hmm. So I didn't eat at all on on from from Saturday night until Monday noon. Okay, so basically didn't eat at all for the whole Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, then I was on intermittent fasting, one meal a day, every single day. I broke my fast. Uh, at the beginning, I couldn't do any sports, any activity, anything physical. But as I get better, end of November, December, I started training and working out and doing my martial arts again. So I was breaking my fast after my, my, my training, uh, basically having an early dinner. Uh, strict ketogenic diet, zero sugar, zero carbs, not even fruit, nothing that has carbs in it, yeah. except the very little that you find in vegetable juice. Right. Um, of course, uh, cold exposure was a very big thing of me, so uh, of mine. So now we are in December. Uh, I live in the Blue Ridge Mountains in South Carolina. So now it's 27, 26 degrees outside. And every morning I get out in my underwear and I walk my dog in the snow, uh, no shoes, no clothes, nothing. So that's my first cold exposure of the day. And then a few hours later, I drive to the waterfall and, and, and go with my dog into the waterfalls to, build, to boost my immune system, to reduce inflammation and all the good stuff that we know that happens when you do cryotherapy. And most people don't understand that therapy, but it's a type of what we call hormesis, where you're purposefully yeah. stressing your body in a controlled way that when the stress wears off, you're stronger because of it. Now, so that so that has to be done in an appropriate way, which it sounds like you're an expert at and you made full use of it. Absolutely. An expert, I don't know, but I, I used it <laughs> tremendously and I was really counting on hormesis. Uh, whatever doesn't kill us, you know, makes us stronger. stronger. That, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Uh, in addition to that, I also had some um, uh, supplement, food mm -hmm. supplement, from uh, Doctor Maurice Israel in France, which uh, he calls the metabolic uh, cancer healing process, and uh, that consists of high doses of vitamin C, high doses of vitamin D three and K two. Uh, what else? Uh, Garcinia Cambodia and high doses of melatonin. So I use melatonin a lot. Yes. Every every night. Right. And that's about right. It. Yeah. And so there's there's a number of strategies along that line. Uh, Dr. Linus Pauling, in his famous research in Scotland, he uh, he did IV vitamin C for ten days, but he followed it with 12, uh, 12 grams of vitamin C daily on all of his patients, and these were stage three and stage four cancer patients. And they uh, increased their longevity by five to nine fold in his patients. So using, and, and that has to be worked out between you and, and uh, someone who's 
uh, an expert in using nutritional supplements. Yes, absolutely. So uh, a friend of mine back in France is a, is a doctor and he was the one who's, who, who was giving me the supplements and the dosage and, and everything that I use. Yeah. And in addition to that, more little things like I could say, but things that I was using before in my martial arts life, so to speak, uh, breathing, deep breathing, uh, going out in the sun every day, every single day, um, you know, playing with my dog, having fun, watching comedies, nothing that stressed me. Uh, another friend of mine is another doctor in France, he's a psychotherapist. So I was also working on the psychologic aspect of cancer. Um, like I said, everything I could do, everything that I read that could help heal cancer or, or control cancer, I tried it. And your and wife, result, it, your yeah, wife Lila, what wrote the second forward of your book, having that kind of intimate support is crucial as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I talk about it in my book. I said that I'm completely aware that I was in the perfect environment to do that. Um, but if I didn't have the finance, if I didn't have the support from my family and friends and doctors, if I was in a very noisy, very polluted environment, Maybe things would have been different. I don't know. I cannot say. But I was in a peaceful, positive, supportive environment. That, that, that really, really, really helped. At no point in time, a member of my family or my wife or my parents told me, you're crazy. You got to do your chemo. You, you, you got to do your radiation. It's not going to work. You're going to die. They never did that. I was always supported in my decision. Well, it's necessary for people who have an advanced cancer like you did to really pull out all the stops and to, you know, because people ask me, well, what am I going to do? Well, it's not a quick fix. It's not an easy fix, but basically you're going to have to reinvent your life and, and change all the various aspects of your life that were promoting the cancer and then shift everything in a direction that promotes your health, your well-being, uh, everything that helps you support you know, strengthen your immune system, because I think the title of your book says it all, How My Immune System Beat Cancer. Well, the immune system didn't do it alone. It, you had to take control of your life and, and make some very profound decisions in favor of staying alive and, and beating the cancer. And by golly, you're a good example of how it can be done if people really put their mind and heart to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like you said, you have to, you have to go in it hundred percent. And it was, it was hard in a way, not so hard because when you know you're going to die, I mean, what choice do you have? Some people ask me, how did you fast for 21 days? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to die. That's how, uh, <laughs> if I had to fast 21 day today it would be much harder, but all that for an amazing result, because, um, now we are at the end of, of, of December and it's going to be the, the holidays. So we're between Christmas and new year. And my mom, who's a pastry chef in France, comes and visits us in South Carolina. And for a week between Christmas and New Year, I completely follow the wagon. So I had cakes and pies and everything that she did for me. And I asked for it. Uh, I was feeling so good. The pain was gone. My, my weight was coming back. I could exercise again. So I was feeling really good. And I just kidded not for one day, but for seven days. Yeah. And at the end of that, I look at my calendar. I feel good. I look at my calendar and I realize that in a month from now is my next MRI. And I start freaking out. And, oh my God, I'm sure I reversed everything. 
the tumor is back or at least grew back. And uh, I was really scared that what I did during that week was going to have an impact on my health. So I did another, I tried to do another 21 day fast and I failed. But let me explain you why and how. I fasted from Monday to Friday and then I ate on the weekends. And I did that for another week and another week. So out of 21 days, I fasted for 15 days. And then was my next MRI. And I didn't know it was going to be my last as a cancer patient. So I go for my MRI and uh, I wait three or four days to see the oncologist. And a, a friend of mine is a nurse at this cancer hospital where, where I go. And she took a peek at my, at my uh, file and called me and said, look, I don't know what it means. You have to see your oncologist. I just let you know that they don't mention the tumor in the MRI report. I don't know why. Did they forget? Did they? I don't know. But that's what I see. And I'm like, I, I start to, to get my hopes high. And, and I'm like, really? What does it mean? Does it mean that I'm cured? And then a few days later, I go see my oncologist and he's, he's got a big smile on his face. And he looks at me and tells me, Mr. Everard, you are disease free. Wow. Four Fred months exactly after I was diagnosed. So I was diagnosed in September, September 20. And on, no, sorry, September 10. And January 9, the doctor told me I'm cancer free. So how long have you been cancer free now then? Two years. Three years. Okay. Two, two. two years. And so are you, what level of uh severity, I guess you're going to say, or how, how uh, tight are you following your schedule these days to stay cancer-free? Uh, almost the same. Uh, the difference is once a week, I allow myself so some uh, low glycemic index fruits like blueberries, for example. So once a week, I would have blueberries and kefir that I made uh, out of raw milk. And uh, that's my dessert of the week. That's my sweet thing of the week. Uh, once in a while, I have a little bit of carbs. Like my wife is Chinese and she's an amazing cook. So once in a while, I have a rice yeah. with her Chinese uh, cooking. Uh, but that's about it. Most of the time, 90% of the time, I stay on a very strict, uh, clean, ketogenic diet, as low sugar, low carbs as I can. So Fred, uh, thank you so very much for being on the Real Health Podcast. I hope everyone who has cancer, dealing with cancer, or knows someone who's dealing with cancer, pick up Fred's book because it's a blueprint. It's, 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 uh, it's, there's not a whole lot of words in it. It's, it's very, very simple in its explanation of what he did to uh, move from a pretty dangerous cancer state to uh, a remission state right now, which as you just heard, he's working very hard to maintain his remission as well. But it's not like total misery. It sounds like you're back living again and enjoying life. And uh, you have a, a great prospect of staying well at this point now that your stress is down and you're using all these uh, wonderful metabolic approaches. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.